the first winning streak of the season is actually here. I, we're going to call two games a winning streak because uh, you got to – beggars can't be choosers, I guess. The Wizards have won their second game in a row. They're, they beat the Magic tonight, 117 to 109. Uh, John Wall had 25 and 10, his third or fourth straight, really nice game. Bradley Beal bounced back from a slow start. He had 21. Jeff Green almost had a perfect game. He had 18 points on seven shots. He made six of them in 21 minutes and had six boards and played really good defense. Uh, I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. And uh, you're listening to Wizards After Dark. And I have a wonderful guest here, Josh Robbins, who is now my colleague, covers the magic for The Athletic. I'm here. I'm here. And we are stationed in the coach's interview room at Capital One Arena where Scott Brooks does his pregame availabilities, and he does his postgame availability. He does do his postgame availability. Yeah, too, he right? postgame here. Well, been here many times. I've never been speaking unless I've asked a question, and so I look forward to perhaps answering some questions. I look forward to seeing the format, Fred. Well, now you're uh, you're at the the table. You're at the Scott Brooks table now, so you can even project out to where you're normally sitting. And you can really get the full Scott Brooks experience. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. Okay. We, we got to talk about Jeff Green because they got good Jeff Green tonight. They got really good Jeff Green. He was, um, I mean, best game of the year, I thought, for him. And he was, he was really good in the Miami game. This is now two consecutive games where Jeff Green has made his first six field goal attempts. He started the Miami game seven for seven. He finished that game, I think, eight for 12. Tonight he only played 21 minutes, but he was part of a fourth quarter lineup that had a lot of success. Scott Brooks is kind of doing this thing now where he's just sticking with lineups when they work. I think he was pretty desperate to find lineups that actually worked during this slow start. And when he finds a lineup, he's like, okay, cohesion. Just I don't care who's, which player specifically is playing well and which isn't. I'm sticking with that. And he rolled with this small lineup with Green at the five in the, in the fourth, and it, it worked really well for them. Well, he was superb. I mean, he was the di- he was one of the two major differences in the whole game, and I would bet for Magic fans it, it was particularly galling because Green was with them for one season for the sixteen seventeen season, and uh, he was awful for the most part. He was awful for the most part there. Uh, perhaps he was misused, but he never looked like he looked tonight. <laughs> That's for sure, and. Yeah, what? There's nothing to argue with the way he played. He he was just fantastic. 18 points, four or five from three. Who who wouldn't love that? And he was really good defensively. Like he was he was running out and aggressively contesting three point shooters, but like not recklessly at all. He was legitimately contesting those shots. He had a really big block at the rim, and those are really big moments when the Wizards are playing without a conventional five um, because Dwight Howard didn't play in the fourth quarter tonight. He didn't seem to care. He didn't play in the fourth quarter after. He was super complimentary of the lineup and said he was really pumped about it. Um, but they they didn't play with a conventional five, and Markeith Morris isn't going to protect the rim. And they need some kind of athleticism to be able to deter guys at the rim, and I'm not calling Jeff Green a rim protector. And Jeff Green certainly has a lot of off moments defensively where he doesn't communicate, uh, maybe doesn't always go back hard in transition. But he was going hard tonight. Like, he he did a really good job. His best defensive game of the year. I need to know. You said one of the two biggest things in the game. What was the other one? 
Well, I think it was, well, the Magic's bench was awful. Aside from Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross was superb. The rest of the bench was awful. And that's the second difference in the game. And if you, I mean, you will remember the bench, the Orlando bench had four quick fouls in the fourth quarter. And then Washington gets into the bonus with foul number five with 7-11 to go. And in the fourth quarter, the Wizards shot or attempted 18 free throws, the Magic 2. I'm not suggesting that there was uh, an unfair foul discrepancy. That, from what I saw, there wasn't. But uh, you, you cannot put a team into the bonus more than halfway through the final quarter. And uh, that's just too much of an edge to give that team. And uh, there, there may have been a reason why Jeff Green played so well tonight. Wanted to stick it to the Magic. And... Uh, Back to Green for a second. And when I covered him for a year, I was always struck by how all of his teammates always were almost awestruck by Jeff Green's ability, about his speed, about his uh, combination of speed and size. And, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why he can be occasionally effective at a, at the five in a small ball lineup because he has ability and he has... Um, he has that, and tonight he did that. <laughs> so, like, okay, you bring that up. Bradley Beal during the preseason said that Jeff Green was like LeBron. And he didn't say that he had LeBron's body or he looked like LeBron. He said that his game was like LeBron's and then doubled down on it after that. Tonight, Dwight Howard compared him to George Gervin. So, there you go. This <laughs> That that's like the Jeff Green syndrome. People, there are so many players who just see Jeff Green and like they're like he's really really. They're so immediately impressed by him, but he turns out these good Jeff Green games. And the last he was he was great against Miami too. I mean he was great against Miami. You bring up the fouls too. That was huge. Uh, I thought Miami or Miami Orlando was more tentative defensively. Once they got in the bonus, there was this fan sitting next to us uh, where we sit in the beat, the beat writers, the home beat writers sit. Like you guys are perched on top of the, the opposite tunnel of us. And we're on top of the tunnel where the, where the Wizards players come out. There's this fan sitting next to us who at the start of the fourth quarter, I kid you not, started the worst chant I've ever heard in my life. Oh, Lord. Which I, was, I'm not sure I want to know what it is. Be aggressive. Get them in the penalty. That was it. Just be aggressive, get them in the penalty over and over. It's like the, I, I commented to Chase Hughes from NBC Sports who sits next to me. I was like, this is the worst chant I've ever heard. And then like four minutes into the quarter, they got them into the penalty. And I was like, the chant worked. It worked perfectly. Sounds like a pretty good ch- chant to me. <laughs> I, you know, maybe it's not rhythmic or mellifluous or whatever, but sounds pretty doggone accurate to me. And I have to tell you, Fred, maybe you just haven't covered as many games as I have uh, across a whole bunch of sports. Uh, when we're off air, I could tell you some of the things I used to hear <laughs> it when I covered Florida State basketball and football. Um, stuff that would make that, you know, makes this sound like a Pulitzer Prize winning or Nobel Prize winning bit of poetry that would rival anything that uh, Bob Dylan ever concocted. Well, it was uh, it, it wasn't exactly melodious. Okay, it well, was 
Can't have everything, man. Can't no. have everything. No, you can't. Be patient. Um, what else? What else stood out to you from tonight? Well, you mentioned Dwight. You know, he he's getting over the injury he had, and uh, there was one play where he uh, somehow either he got a pass or an offensive rebound underneath the the Wizards' offensive goal, and he went up. He laid the ball in. He could barely get the ball over the rim. That was it was this in the second half. Couldn't believe what I saw. I, mean, I knew he's not a hundred percent. Could not believe it. Remember, I'm coming from Orlando and seeing him at his peak. You know, peak Dwight, top three player in the league at the time. Um, I, mean, I know he's getting over this injury, but that was a stunning, stunning moment to me. Uh, so in terms of an image, that's what I remember most. And uh, from the Wizards' perspective, it's a win they had to have. From the Magic's perspective, it's an opportunity that they lost. And uh, I'm fighting off a cold, which means I'm going to cough at the moment. So <laughs> pardon me, listeners. <coughs> that's some natural late night podcasting. Mm. One thing I wonder about Dwight. Why isn't there water here? I don't know. There should be. Well, there should be. We got to get Scott Brooks to have water on the table. Mm. Well, Although there might be copyright issues there. The way you have to have like the Gatorade. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And how like the rookie coaches always drink the Gatorade during the playoffs, not knowing it's there for show. Well, now I'm getting thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing about Dwight that I was thinking about tonight. I started thinking about it differently. So the the Wizards and Dwight have kind of talked about – I don't want to say they sold it because that makes it sound like nefarious. But they've talked about Dwight's kind of lack of athleticism and his conditioning as something as like it's conditioning. He needs to get better. He's still in pain. Dwight said the other day that he's playing on a leg and a half. And you know once the injury goes – the pain goes away and he's able to get the conditioning back and all that stuff – He's going to be back to normal. And back to normal isn't 2009, Dwight. Back to normal is 2017, Dwight. But one thing that I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, and I think nobody knows the answer to this, and we can really only tell over time. But if I'm the Wizards, one thing I'm a little nervous about, Dwight is in his 15th year. He's 32 years old. He's a big man who's had injury issues in the past, most notably with his back. At some point... There's an athleticism fall off. And that doesn't mean like one day he wakes up, he's not athletic anymore. It's gradual. But like sometimes, especially with big men, that athleticism fall off is going to come after some sort of significant injury. And this wasn't a career-ending injury or anything, but it had him out for six or seven weeks. I mean, it's a, it's not a, it's not a bruise that keeps him out for a day and then he's back at practice. And I just wonder... I don't know the answer to this. It's absolutely impossible to. But I just wonder if, yeah, there, there's pro- I'm sure there's an element of conditioning to it and him getting rid of the pain and coming back. But I just wonder if it's just the natural, you know, toll that playing in the NBA <laughs> for 15 years as a big man takes on you. At some point, your your athleticism is going to start to deteriorate, and it could be a mix. It could be more of one than the other. Um, like I said, I don't know. But I, I just think the question of how much is which is at least worth looking out for as the season progresses. Well, true words, 
Fred. I mean, I can't disagree with you. Yes, you're right. He's never been the same after the back surgery. Just hasn't. And um, you know, the game has moved away from Dwight's brand of basketball. And it's also moved, had he re- somehow miraculously remained as athletic as he was from 2011 and earlier, maybe he could have survived. Well, he's he's going to survive in the league, but maybe he still would have been an all-star caliber player because uh, he was ridiculously um, athletic. But it's an issue. You're right. It's an issue. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. You want to get a water? No, I'm okay. okay. Thank you. I'm going to sacrifice here. We'll go. We'll go for a couple more minutes. I'm, uh, you're a real trooper. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of Wall tonight? I, I think that I think uh, the world of John Wall, and part of that is is that he decimates the magic. I mean, the stat I came up with, thanks to Basketball References uh, game logs, uh, the Wizards are seventeen and two in the last nineteen games they played against the Magic, in which John Wall has played. I think he's superb, and the Magic have no answer to him in the pick and roll, and he's faster than a blink, and he's, um, I mean, I just, he made those two early three-pointers, and if he's doing that, he's unstoppable, and, um, there's no one like him in the league except for someone you're familiar with, Russell Westbrook. Yes. They, they, it's funny that, like, those are the two guys. Wall is definitely the guy who's the most similar. No one is Westbrook in right. terms of style, and I don't think Wall can do the stuff, all the stuff that Westbrook does, but Wall is, like, the closest facsimile to it, I think. Um, LeBron's got an element of that, too. I mean, once he gets oh, ahead yeah. of steam, <laughs> no one can stop LeBron either, but, um, you yeah, know, that's... What, that's uh, one of the remarkable things of, of seeing the three of them in person, TV cannot capture it. And um, you have to see them with your own eyes. If you're, and if you're lucky, close to the, floor, to the court to really understand just how special they are. Yeah, so Wall, I thought, really benefited as he did during kind of the second half of that game they played in Orlando last time, and a good amount, like, the second half of the Miami game, really. When they're getting stops, he is just so much better offensively because he's so good. If there's a mismatch in the half court or he can just get, like you said, ahead of steam and just plow to the rim, he is just so much better as a point guard, as an offensive player, when he's able to attack in that fashion. Um, And I think they were able to do that especially in the second half tonight. I thought they played better defense. They've been overhelping off of shooters early in games and then sticking to shooters later in games a lot better, which is an interesting trend. I don't know why that's happening every game. Like three or four games in a row, they are helping off shooters too hard, and then they're sticking to shooters late in games. And like I don't know why they're not just sticking to shooters from the beginning, but I, I wonder if that's going to continue. They seem to work better when they do that, and they're getting more stops, and when they get those stops, they're good to go. Uh, quick note before we wrap up. Otto Porter didn't play the fourth quarter for, like, the second or third consecutive game. Thing to watch. I feel like, like I said at the start of the podcast, it's more just, like, 
Brooks seeing a lineup that's working and rolling with it, and that's it. And it's just more about he wants to find some kind of cohesion, throw whatever sticks at the wall, and he's looking at lineups more than he's looking at individual performances. Because Ubre, you know, you look at his line by himself, he's 0 for 5 tonight and didn't do much in terms of the box score, but he was part of a lineup that was really successful. So Brooks just rolled with it. So I don't think it's a huge deal that Porter didn't play, but it's something worth watching. Markeith Morris closed today after not playing a couple fourth quarters and played 39 minutes. So it looks like he's very much still in the rotation as normal. Um, Josh, before we uh, go, plug some of your some of your great stuff and tell my listeners where they can find you. Well, they can find me the same place where they can find you, pal. They can find us at The Athletic. So you are part of the Washington team. I'm part – I am the Orlando team, but I'm part of the uh, – I mean the – Athletics Orlando team. I should clarify as to what I meant. Uh, and um, yeah, part of the Florida team at the Athletics. So um, that's where you can find us. I can tell you that one month of the Athletic costs less than one month, or excuse me, one day's worth of Coffee House coffee. Not two cups or three cups, one cup of coffee. Man, I sure as heck butchered that advertisement. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is the athletic is a wonderful value, and you can find Fred Katz's work there. You can find my work there, uh, a host of – a cast of a couple hundred other journalists. So uh, that's where we are, and um, it's been – I've been there now a month and several days, and it's just been an absolute pleasure. So – yeah, it's been great. I haven't been there much longer than you have. I came down in September, so I've been like, what, a month and a half now? Eh, closer to two months. Mm. Close to two months. Yeah, it's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, like Josh so wonderfully said, you can subscribe to The Athletic. You can also subscribe to Wizards After Dark. That's going to cost you $0 if you subscribe to Wizards After Dark. So you can sign up for both if you're really feeling generous. Uh, go on iTunes. Rate it, give us five stars, leave a review. That always really helps. Tell your friends about it. I got a question for you. I'm considering a podcast at some point. Yeah. Who does the legwork on uh, pu- putting this together? I do it all. You do it all? You have an intro bumper and an out bumper? I do it all. Do you have an ad in the middle of it? Oh, no. Not yet. Hmm. We're, we're still I, – I got to convince people to sign up and then I get them with ads later. Well, it's not – I wouldn't say get them. I mean, look, Fred, you got to do better at promoting this. Um, <clears throat> wait till the Fortune 500 gets a load of yeah, this episode. Of Wizards After Dark. There we go. And it, They're going to be breaking down the door to, to advertise. I don't know if that's the goal, but my lord, they're going to be – they're going to be – you might want to unlist your phone number because <laughs> you're about to get um, – was it Tim Cook? See the head yeah. of Apple? You're going to get Tim Cook calling you. You're going to get um, hmm, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald and Tim Cook being in the same sentence. Yeah, Ronald perfect. McDonald is not the CEO of McDonald's, is he? No. no he's the mascot. He's the mascot. It's okay. That's like, uh, that's like, that's like what, what, who is it? Stuff the Magic Dragon? I guess that's, that is that's the like that's like stuff stuff the dragon. Yes, but look, let's, calling you to work at the magic. Let's be blunt here. Ronald McDonald is a far more iconic <laughs> character than stuff 
the Orlando Magic. The, uh, the Magic fans are going to come for you after that one. No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, we are going to wrap up here. Like I said, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give a rating. Leave a review. That helps. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Tell a hundred friends. If you're, like, really popular, tell a hundred friends about Wizards After Dark. Uh, it's free. It's been fun. I'm doing it after every game, like I said. And I'm going to start up some more non-post-game episodes as well. Um, I will be back Wednesday. Cleveland. Another game the Wizards should win. Cleveland at home. I'll be there. I'll be podcasting after. I'll be writing. Uh, look out for a story on the Wizards luxury tax coming out on Tuesday and their weird luxury tax situation at The Athletic. I'll tweet it out. If you're a subscriber there, you'll see it on your phone or your app or website or whatever. Either way, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.